In the last Perik, in Perik Yud, in chapter 10, we learned about the Tzaddik. Now we're going to learn about the Rasha. And then the next Perik, in chapter 12, is where we start learning about the Benini. And just as we had two levels in Tzaddik, you had Tzaddik V'Tevla and Tzaddik V'Rali, the perfect Tzaddik and the imperfect Tzaddik, so, corresponding to that, you have two levels in Russia. You have the Tzaddik Gomer and the Tzaddik Sheini Gomer, the perfect sinner and the imperfect sinner. Those are the, the corresponding to the perfect Tzaddik, the Tzaddik Gomer, you have the Russia Gomer, the perfect Russia. And corresponding to the Tzaddik Viralai, you have the Russia the, the, Vatoivlai or the Russia the Sheini Gomer, the incomplete Russia. And just like Generally speaking, tzaddik v'toivli, the tzaddik gomer, the complete tzaddik, is one level. It's a level where the nefesh habahamis has been absolutely transformed. Whereas the tzaddik virali, as Dalt Reb explains, there are eighteen thousand levels of tzaddik virali of the imperfect tzaddik. There are many gradations. The same is true also. Rasha gomer is a certain level. Um, that's the lowest level. And then in the incomplete Rasha, you have many, many different levels. Before we get to that, and talking about the levels, both the tzaddik and the rasha, what they both have in common is a disequilibrium. Meaning, Hashem created us with a nefesh alakis and a nefesh abahamis, a godly soul and an animal soul. When both of them are at full strength, that's called an equilibrium. And the result of that, as we're going to discover in the future chapters, is going to be a benini. Because for whatever reason, which we're going to explore again in next Perik, if both the Nefesh Alakis and the Nefesh Abahamis are at full power, then the one who is going to actually get its way is the Nefesh Alakis, and the person is going to do only mitzvahs. And that doesn't mean that the Nefesh Abahamis has been weakened in any way, but that means that when they're both at full strength, then the Nefesh Alakis is the one that gets its way. The Tzaddik, there's a disequilibrium. In other words, by the Tzaddik, the Nefesh Abahamas has been weakened, as we learned at, the, um, you know, at length in the last chapter. The Tzaddik is someone, it's not just, Tzaddik is not about a certain behavior, but a Tzaddik is much deeper than that. A Tzaddik is about what's going on inside the person. And by a Tzaddik, the Nefesh Alakis and the love for Hashem is so strong to the point that either the Nefesh Abahamas has been significantly weakened, which that would be the, the imperfect Tzaddik, the Tzaddik She'ene Gomer, or if you're the ultimate tzaddik to the point that the Nefesh Abhamis has actually been transformed to Kedusha. But the point is, in the inside of a tzaddik, what makes the tzaddik unique is not only that he behaves perfectly, because as we're going to learn later, the Benyani also behaves perfectly. What, what makes the tzaddik unique is that there is no, um, they're not aligned with each other. It's not, uh, there is no, um, it's not a fear, fear game anymore. The Nefesh Alikis has the advantage. But the Benoni has a chance to be a tzaddik. Tzaddik doesn't have a chance to be a tzaddik of a tzaddik. Doesn't have a chance to what? To be higher than tzaddik. Benoni at least can go up and be a tzaddik again. So you're saying it's boring to be a tzaddik? That's right. It's a thing we keep on coming back to. <laughs> okay, I bless you with such a boring life. The Russia also has this disequilibrium. The Russia also, but there it's the opposite way, because the Russia is the opposite of the Tzaddik. And the Russia, again, it's not only about the way that he behaves, it's not only about the behaviors and actions, 
or even speech and thoughts. It's about what's going on inside. The fact that a Yid can do an Avera, well, that's awful that a Yid does an Avera, but that's emblematic, that's a symptom. The Avera is the symptom. That's not the, that's not the, the root problem. The root problem is that inside, that means that the Nefesh Abahamis has gained an advantage over the Nefesh Alikis. It has weakened the Nefesh Alikis to the point that a person could succumb and do an Avera. Because if the Nefesh Alikis is at full force, there's no, way in the, there's no way in the world would ever allow that a Yid should do an Avera. So that's what we have. The Tzaddik is the one where the Nefesh Alikis has the advantage. The Rasha is the one where the Nefesh Bahamas has the advantage. And what is the advantage of the Nefesh HaBahamis by the Rasha? So there, there can be many, many different levels. The moment a Yid does one Avera, he's already considered a Rasha. Again, an imperfect Rasha. A Tzaddik, um, a, a Rasha Vitoivlai. There's still plenty of good going on inside. This is a person who 99% of the time is doing what's right, theoretically. In other words, there are many different levels. You can have someone who's doing the right 75%, 25% as Dr. Rebbe is going to discuss. But even the fact that a person does one Avera already shows that it's not equal footing. But the Nefshah Bahamas has somewhat of an advantage over there. One Avera. One Avera makes a person a Rasha. Again, a person can theoretically do Tshuva and become not a Rasha anymore. But one Aveda already shows that this is uh, there's a problem over here. <clears throat> and a lot of people have issues with this, you know. So I did one Aveda, so I become a Rasha, so I did 99% of the time, so I did, uh, I'm doing the right thing. Once a month, I slip and I do an Aveda, I'm a Rasha. So a simple answer to that is, so imagine a person who uh, is arrested and brought to trial for murder. And he tells the judge, well, yeah, I, I, I did kill that person, but I think you're being very unfair to me. 99.9% of the time, I'm not a murderer. So you're really going to put me away in prison for my entire life because <laughs> of the 0.01%? It makes no sense. You have to judge me based on, uh, based on uh, my... Lifetime. My lifetime, my regular everyday, right? <laughs> but the answer is that you, you murder once you're a murderer. You do an Avera once you're a Russia. You know, we're talking about being in terms of our relationship with Hashem. So you do an Avera once you're married by Malchus. A person, if the king tells you to do something, and even if you did it a hundred times, and once you didn't do it, you're married by Malchus. And according to Allah, you're Chayiv Misa, right? Yeah. So you did an Avera once you're a Russia. But over here, we're talking something also something deeper than that, which is that the fact that you did an Avera once shows that there is this imbalance. How, 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 how big is this imbalance? Or how slight is this imbalance? That depends on your level. But the moment there's that imbalance, you're already a Russia because your Nefshal Kis is weaker than Nefshal Mahamas. If they're both on the same level, you would never have done an Aver. So how do you do the first Aver? In other words, how does Nefshal Mahamas... Look, in other words, you're starting off with an assumption. You're asking how is it that a person can do their first Avera? Because, because uh, if they never did an Avera, then if Shabhamis uh, doesn't gain strength. But I think the premise of that question is, is to be questioned. In other words, your premise is that the only way to weaken my Nefsh Bahamas is by doing an Avera. So I, if I didn't do an Avera, how would I weaken it? Um, I mean, sorry, the only way to, to weaken my Nefsh Shalakis is to strengthen my Nefsh Um 
the the strength of the nefesh Bahamas is a very natural thing. We're born that we're born with a very very strong nefesh Bahamas. and the strength of the nefesh lukis has to be maintained, and that has to be built. Actually, that's not uh, as natural. So, the question, if anything, is how do I strengthen my nefesh lukis to get it to the point that it should be at that point of <coughs> equal strength, where it can constantly be doing battle with the nefesh Bahamas. So I think, um, and that's a question which we're going, we're going to be answering over the coming chapters, how do I make sure that my nefesh lakis is always at full strength, that it can constantly be doing battle with my nefesh Bahamas? Although for the Bainini, as we'll be learning in, fa- in, in later Prakim, we're resigned to the fact that my nefesh Bahamas will always be at full strength. The Nachama is that if my nefesh lakis is also at full strength, I'll be doing the right thing. That's um, by the Rasha, someone again, where there isn't that uh, equilibrium. But you see, they give chance to the Benani or the Rasha, it said, Shiva Yipol Vayakum. You can have seven times you fall fall, but you get up. So Hashem or, or the Torah, they give him chances more than anybody else to get up. That's correct. We can always get up. We can always do Chuva, we can always get up. We're not uh, bound by the level where we are currently. That's true. Yes. Maybe the Bhatanya deals with this late later, um, maybe dealt with it before. Um, we've been saying before that the the, the, the Sonic Gomer has a total Tvekus Bashem that he's totally clinging to Hashem. I'm not sure how much we've talked about his total chachma to be a Gon Olam because if, if someone never does an Avera, one would assume that he knows everything that that would ever be an Avera. If you, if you don't know every nuance of everything that you could ever be over on, then you're going to get something wrong. So that that's another element besides, you know, clinging to God is knowing everything that he doesn't want you to do. Rabbi Shal Salanter once said that it's easier to finish Shas than it is to transform and to change one Midah that you have. Okay. So you're saying that the tzaddik also has to his credit that he's a goyim. Yes. And I'll argue that that's a much easier task. Okay. I mean, in other words, yes, of oh, course, okay. the tzaddik in order to know, but that, you know, that's something, there are All many right. goyim right. out there. How many tzaddikim are there? Are, are there? That's, um, but I would seem that it's, a, it's, for, it's built into the, well, not for, doing any averos, is knowing every, all of Torah, not that you can't. You, you're putting it that way. I could put it in a different way also, right. which is not negating what you're saying. Dr. Rebbe mentioned several times the idea of that even to be a Benini, you have to be a Pasuk Pumi Megirsa, someone who never is Mavatal Torah. So someone who's never Mavatal Torah is, uh, you know, they say, I think it was the, I think, I've heard the story said about different people, but I think I also heard about the Chassam Sefer, that he once made a Siyam Ashas, and he made a big Simcha and a big, uh, a big party. And they asked him, why are you so excited? You know, you finished Shas many times. Why, why are you getting, well, what's so special about this one time that you finish Shas? So he said, this is different. This is the Shas that I finished in 15 minutes. Said, what, you finish Shas in 15 minutes? He said, you have to understand. Aside from my regular Maslul, my regular uh, schedule program and learning, I had another, another on the side, a, a, a separate, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Project. Separate project, which is whenever I have 15 minutes to spare between this and between that, I had a Gemara on me that I would learn. And now I finished that Shas on that, on that schedule. Every, the, the, the odds and ends times, which I didn't waste, 
instead of taking out my phone and checking or whatever, I learned the Gemara. And that's why to him was a very special simcha, that finishing shas, because it was the 15-minute shas. So he finished shas. And the whole, uh, and every, all the times that he, um, so if someone is like Pasuk Pumim Begirsa, someone is talking about Teira, so they're also, they also know a lot of Teira simply because, you, you, you know, you're arguing from one direction, I'm supporting you from another direction. Yes, they're both correct. Uh-huh. Let's do one side. Peri Kidalaf. Again, page 30. Vizelu Maza. We already encountered this um, expression earlier in um, earlier in Tanya that um, Hashem always creates that whatever there is in Kedusha, there is corresponding excuse me, a corresponding concept or idea in Klippa. So just like we have in Sadak, we have two levels: is the Sadak Vitoyvle and Sadak Virale, which is the Sadak Gomer. <laughs> and the tzaddik she'eni gomer. So the same thing we have in the rasha. Rasha v'toivle. The incomplete rasha is l'umas tzaddik v'ralei. Is the corresponds to the incomplete tzaddik. That's what we're going to talk first. First, we're going to talk about the incomplete rasha, which by the time we finish, we'll realize that the incomplete rasha encompasses probably ninety-nine percent of Kuala Yisrael. In other words, you have 99% of us are the incomplete Russia, and somewhere in the other 1%, you have the complete Russias and the incomplete Sadiks and the complete Sadiks. What is this incomplete Russia? The incomplete Russia is someone with the goodness and the godliness, which is within this Nefesh which is in the mind, in the right ventricle of the heart, kafuvu bottle to a certain degree, is somewhat subservient, to somewhat uh, subjugated. Lagabi hara to the evil mahaklipa shabachal hasmali, which is from the klipa, which is in the left side of the heart. Vizem madrigis and just like there are, as we mentioned, there are tens of thousands of levels of the incomplete tzaddik. So here too, also, there are tens of thousands of levels of the incomplete rasha. And this is both the difference between one person, one incomplete Russia and another, is both in terms of quality and in quantity of the bitluk fifas rachas In how how the in, in what way, in what manner does it express itself, the subservience of the Nafesh Alakis to the Nafsha Bahamas. Yeshmi, now the first thing the Alter Rebbe is going to do, the Alter Rebbe is going to talk about the highest level of the incomplete Russia. In other words, the one who is a notch lower than the Benini. Yeshmi, there is one, Shakfifa v'abitul etzloi, that by him, the subjugation and the bitul of the Nefshalakis to the Nefshal Bahamas. His ma'at is very little. In other words, the, it's a, the imbalance is very slight. The Afghan is moreover It's not something which is constant. This it doesn't express itself constantly, this imbalance. not even frequently. Liprakim Kravim at regular intervals. Ella rather It happens on rare occasions. 
Meskaber hara latoiv that the evil overpowers the the good. The koiv which is irktanan conquers the small city, who aguf which is the body. Achloi kule, but not completely. In other words, it doesn't happen often, and even when it happens, it's not. We're not talking about a complete overrunning, but it'll express itself in a slight way. It only can it only conquers it slightly. She is solemn ashmata. It only in a in a slight way it causes that uh, the person should do as do its bidding. Venasali levush. At that time, the person becomes a, a, a chariot and a vehicle and a garment. That one of the three garments of the Nefsha Bahamis um, finds expression in the body. The Hainu. Meaning, sometimes a person will do an Avera only in Bemaisa. Only in action. Lasis Averis Kalis, we're talking here again. We're not talking about big Averis, talking about a small Avera, Valecha Muris Chasvashalam. We're not talking about something big. We're talking Mesa or even Shogay? We're talking Mesa. There are some people who do have various, but Mesa. Oh, yeah, sure. Because yeah. he doesn't spell out um, um, that, that's why I asked. Right. Well, if a person does an Aveda, I don't think that makes it depends. I guess it depends what kind of level of Shagi you're talking about. You know, there are different levels of Shagi also. A Shagi, you have to bring a carbon for it at the end of the day. Then there's a level of Oynes. So is the shaygig because the person wasn't careful enough? That could be like an avera. So then that itself is a lapse, right? Gross negligence. Uh-huh. There is negligence and there's gross negligence, right? There are many different uh, degrees. Inappropriate things. Oi, or for example, once in a while, this person will be nichshal. The person will will uh, will will stumble. Bediber levad. Talking about this, such a person says ma'isa chasad. Person, this never never will actually do an avera, but bediber. To do an Aveda Bediba, what's the big deal? We're not, again, we're not talking about big Avedas. Avak Lashon Hara, Ulatsanis. What's Avak Lashon Hara? Some halacha, there are many different examples, something it's not, it's not full-blown, full-fledged uh, Lashon Hara. But it's Avak, there are different examples brought down on Shulchan Aruch of Avak Lashon Hara. Some, for example, someone comes over to you and tells me, tells you, uh, so tell me about this guy, what do you know about this guy? And you say, about that guy? I don't want to talk. <laughs> I'm such a tzaddik. I'm not. I'm not going to say any lashon hara. So in halacha, that's called avak lashon hara. It's avak lashon hara. Implied lashon hara. What? How do you handle it the right way in such a scenario that you just brought up? That's a very good question. <laughs> very good question. <laughs> I guess find something good to say. I guess it depends when, depends what. I didn't, I didn't say lie. I said find something good to say. Yeah, but listen, I'm not, we're not going to get into. You can learn the whole, whole safer and shmir salashin and figure yeah. out. And there are sometimes when you're allowed to say the truth, even if it is derogatory. And in other words, this is halachas that we, as you said, if you need, if you want to, want to be a bainidi or a sadik, you have to know all the halachas, right? Yeah. Got to learn the halachas. Yeah. What to say, what not to say. Correct. Um, another example even brought down in Shulchan Aruch is that if you praise someone in front of the person's enemy, that's also avak lashon hara, because you should be aware of the fact that if you're going to praise him, you're going to automatically elicit right, elicit lashon hara. So therefore, you take somewhat of the blame. So here we're talking about someone who's avak lashon hara. We're not talking about the full-fledged lashon hara.
or Litsanus. And here also, the word avak refers also to avak lutsanus. <coughs> In other words, not, we're not talking about full-blown mockery, but avak lutsanus, sometimes, uh, I don't know, imply it. Or, for example, sometimes the person will stumble only in machshava. Each one, machshava, dibra, maisi, each one is unique, and each one has its own advantages and disadvantages. What does it mean to sin by machshava? Hirhuri avera, akashim avera. Thoughts of Avera that are worse than Avera itself. Now, so the Rebbe talks about this and says that there, you know, there is no issue really to think about an Avera. In other words, if you're to sit and you're to think about a ham sandwich and envision yourself eating it, that's no, you weren't Avera any Avera. Maybe you're Avera the Isra of Bittal Teira, but if you're, let's say, if you're in the bathroom <laughs> and you think about eating a ham sandwich, there is no, there's no Avera. Yeah, you might be strange, but there is, but, but, uh, <coughs> But there, there is no, there is no iser. It doesn't say anywhere you're not allowed to do it. So what's machshava kemaisa? Machshava, machshava kem, machshava kemaisa means machshava. that when a person wants to thinks about doing a mitzvah, so and he was stopped from doing it, then he gets the credit for doing only a mitzvah. For mitzvah not for so only for a mitzvah, correct? And it's only if you wanted to do it and you were trying to do it, and for some reason beyond, due to circumstances beyond your control, you're prevented from doing it. But otherwise, that also doesn't apply. In other words, you can't say, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning. Okay, today I don't plan on putting out tefillin. But you know what? I'll think about it. <laughs> so I'm all good. It doesn't work that way. So that's, it's a, is a very limited, uh, has a very limited application, as important as it may be. So Yehuri so, Avera uh, here, but Pashtas is talking about there's one area of an Avera where it is forbidden actually to think about it. And that's so we're talking specifically about Taivas Nashim, about thinking about immoral or illicit relationships, or um, fear? actively, that's another example, yes. Those are the two, those are the two Averis which are Asr and uh, the Gemara says in the Pasuk, I think it was Basis Sral, I think Machshaftam, I think the Pasuk is, yeah, those two things. Yerhuri Averi can refer either to thoughts about Avedah Zara or Kfira, or thinking about Taivas Nashim. Those are two areas where we're not allowed to think. So again, what if someone slips up once in a while and thinking of something of that sort. Again, this is the incomplete tzaddik, the incomplete rasha. So either it'll slip once in a while in a small little amaisa avera, or in a dibur avera, but a small one again, not full-fledged lashnara, or in thought. And even though that one might think, so it's a thought, what's the big deal? But Chazal tell us, no, hirhuri avera, hakashim avera. On a certain level, thoughts of avera even worse than avera, because at the end of the day, um, when you do something, to a certain extent, it's removed from who you are. It doesn't necessarily define you, an action that I do when I have a bad moment, or even words that I say. If I say something inappropriate, you know, okay, you say it and you move past it, you move beyond it. Machshava, on the other hand, is because it's the, it's a lavush, which is a miyuchad with the nafesh. Even though it's not a lavush of the nafesh, it's a garment, as we learned, machshava divamayas are garments, but it's a garment which is miyuchad. It's very, very close to who you are. And therefore, it has the strongest impact. And in fact, you've told me, we're talking here before about Lashon Hara. So later on in Tanya, but Neger Sakodesh, I don't know if we're ever going to get there even. So Alter Rebbe there talks about, you know, there's Lashon Hara, but then Alter Rebbe says there's deeper than that, which is don't think something bad about another Yid. Because to a certain extent, thinking bad about another Yid is even worse than saying something bad about another Yid. Because the impact that it has on your nefesh when you have such thoughts is very, very deep and very, very strong. So, um, 
Therefore, to a certain extent, Hiruri Avera, Akashim Avera, thoughts of Avera are even worse than the Avera itself. Even if you're not thinking about to do the Avera, in other words, it's not that you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to do this Avera, we're planning it. You're just thinking um, theoretically in an abstract manner about um, the zivug, the relationship between a man and a woman. We're talking about uh, physical intimacy, which that's forbidden. According to Torah, that's something which a person shouldn't be thinking about. As the Pasuk says, when Ishmarta Mikol Davara, you have to guard yourself from anything evil. And Chazal say in this, that a person shouldn't be thinking by day something which can lead him to impurity by night. Oi, or another example of a small Aveda, it's a time when a person has the ability to study Teira. Instead, he's wasting his time. As it says in the Mishnah, Haner Belaila, someone who is up by night to Mefana Libe Hulu and is just wasting uh, wasting his time. So over here again, this is an Avera which is Bemachshava. We have to really understand why this is not Avera Bittel Teira. He's making it sound like it's not Mamish Avera Bittel Teira because Bittel Teira is a Altarebbe said already in Perik Aleph Dvar Hashem Baza Ikaras the Karas right. But this sounds like a Baisa that it sounds like he's doing something instead of. Learning, he's doing something else. Yeah. But also, the lashon is interesting over here. The word, the wording he uses. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's taking other stuff. He's daydreaming. The words a shas hakoyshir. It's interesting words. In Peter Alpha talks about kol misha efshir leilasek. He has the here shas hakoyshir. What's happening? Shas hakoyshir. It's an opportune time. Block upon him. Over here, the point here is there is no evil going on. We're not talking about someone, as opposed to everything we spoke about until now. The person did something wrong, b'maisa or b'dibur or b'machshava. Over here, it's simply abstaining from doing something which is proper. You're wasting your 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 mind is wandering freely. Shabach asma kol elam. When a person does one of any of these sorts of things, okay, it's a bad or anything similar. Nikra rasha be'isahi. The person is called the rasha. Why? Again, simple answer because you didn't have it. But I'll tell you, it's deeper. Why are you called a rasha? Because because of what's going on inside you. The real reason rasha is a description of the person, not of the act. Because the fact that the person did this um, proves sharasha benafshe by that the ra, the evil within him, has overpowered the nefshalikis umislabish begufay and therefore is able to express itself and manifest itself in the body umachtiyo and therefore causes him to sin umetamay and makes him impure. However, we're talking here about obviously about a good person. We're talking about a person who doesn't have Veda relatively infrequently. And even then, we're not talking about big Avedas. And even then, it's only Machshava or only Dibur, only Maisa. No, what does such a person do after he slips up? Afterwards, immediately, the Toiv once again reestablishes its position. And this person immediately. Has regret. And this person asks for, asks for forgiveness from Hashem. And Vasham Yislachle, and the Abishter will forgive him. Im Shav Betshuva Ruya, if he does, if he does Tshuva, a proper Tshuva, Al Piat Saschachamenos, all according to the according to the advice given by Chachamim, Beshleisha Chaluki Kapara, Shayyibishmal, Beshmal Deiris Chuluk Meitzes Barab Makamacher. 
In Mesechtas Yuma, so it says over there, Bishmal says there are three sorts of Averis, and they come with three sorts of, uh, of Kaparis. If there's a person who does a mitzvah, as it was over, Mevatl mitzvah say, abstains from doing a proper mitzvah. So, that, so over there, Bishmal says, that any any immediately forgiven if a person does proper tshuva. If a person does a mitzvah leisasa v'shav and he does tshuva, then tshuva toila v'yemakipurim mechaper. Then the tshuva, so to say, is um, it's what it's a limbo, right? An abeyance, and then on yom kippur you receive the complete kapara. I want you to note, it doesn't say you get the mechila on yom kippur. The mechila you get right away when you do tshuva. The kapara, which means when are you fully uh, expunged and purified from what you've done is on Yom Kippur. And then if a person was over al Christus and Mrs. Besden, and a person was over on Avera, which is a capital offense, whether capital offense be they through Besden or be they Shemayim, so then Shuvah v'yem kapurim and Yisurim b'markim. I state that the person Yisurim kluim rinse off the effect of that Avera. So the fact that three different Averis and three different types of Kaparis, that also symbolizes somehow that the Tshuva is somewhat different for these three different types of categories. So therefore, if the person does a proper Tshuva as, depending on the type of Averis the person has done, the Eivishter will forgive him. But even, here's an important point to note, even after the person does Tshuva, he's still a Russia. Why would that be? <laughs> he's forg- yeah. It says very clearly, Hashem will forgive him, but he's still a Russia. There's still that imbalance. What's the proof? There's an imbalance. The fact that in all probability it's going to happen again in a month from now, or in a week from now, or in a day from now, or in a year from now. So, what should he do now? Yes, how do you, you put this in equilibrium? That's an avoid the primis. No, one second. It's possible that the person should do tshuva and become a benini. It's possible the person should do tshuva and become a rush uh, and become a tzaddik. In other words, if you build yourself up, what I'm saying is the simple fact that a person does tshuva doesn't necessarily remove him from the Tanya's definition of rasha. And again, as Dr. Abba made very clear also in the first part of Peir Tanya, there are different definitions of a rasha. So, for example, we know that uh, there's a halachic definition of a rasha. A rasha is pasaleidus. So, in terms of that, that definition, the person does tshuva, he's not considered a rasha in that sense, and he's kasherleidus. But if you're looking at the, the the true definition according to according to the sources and according to chesidus of what a tzaddik beinin in a rasha is, going back to Perik Aleph and all the different um, sources that Alter brought for this idea of his concept of what rasha tzaddik and beinini is. A tzaddik is someone who has an imbalance inside. It's not about the behavior. Again, it'll express itself in a certain behavior, but it's about what's going on inside. The rasha is, has a certain imbalance, which causes, depending on how big that imbalance is, if the imbalance is small, it'll cause that every once in a while he should trip. But because the imbalance is so small, and because the nefshah elokis is still very powerful, he'll also regret what he did. And the regret is a true regret. And he'll do tshuva. But that imbalance still exists. And until that imbalance is corrected, the person can, can still be a rasha. My point is, <coughs> excuse me, is that tshuva doesn't necessarily lift up the person out of the, the Tanya's definition of what a rasha is. So that is, until now, we've talked about the highest level of a rasha. 
We're talking about someone does an Avera once in a while and frequently. Again, they're actually, we're talking about three different things over here. We mentioned number one, the Avera, it's infrequent. Number two, it's the Avera, the, the nature of the Avera, the quality of the Avera, if you might want to say, is, yeah, the person, we're not talking about a person who does big Averas. And number three, third condition is that immediately after he does it, he's filled with remorse and he does a proper tshuva. The, the words he uses, tshuva haruya. We're not talking about uh, we're talking about a person who does real tshuva. So not, what causes the imbalance, the imbalance to begin with? The, born with it, so we're, it's of course, we're born with an imbalance, yes. What is the more Yetzirah Adam or Ramen right? And that's why the Nefshal Kis enjoys an advantage, and that's why we talk about Melach Zakin Nefshal Bahamas, right? It's it's older, it's more mature. It's the it's called the Melach Zakin Uksil. It's called the old king, and the it's the it's is called the Yelad, the Yelad Chacham Umiskein, right? It has an advantage not only in terms of time but also in terms of natural predilection. It takes avoida to strengthen the nashalikis. How do we do that? We're going to learn as we go along. That's because Sefer Shalbaninim is telling us how to become a Bainini. So, but we still didn't even get yet to how to be a Bainini because we're still busy defining the terms, including Sadiq so and Rashi. be liable for the Avera if the cards are stacked against him? It's not his fault? I can tell you. He's born with a big great Sahara. That's a big... <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the defense attorney here. Like the lady What did the lady say? What did she say? No, I don't know what he said. But <laughs> I, no, because I, I don't know what he said. Actually, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was him, or maybe this, the 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 one of them picked up the you know his head to heaven and said, "Rebbeinu Shleilam." I don't understand this. For some reason, I think it's the Shpalazeda. He says, you put all the tivus of this world, all the pleasures of this world, you put it all in front of our eyes. And then you wrote about, the, about Hashem and Ganed and Kedusha, you put it in the books. <laughs> and then you say, I want you to choose between the two. He says, well, why don't you do it the other way around? He says, put Ganed and Kedusha and holiness in front of our eyes, write about the tivus in the books. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and see who's going to choose that. Right. That's, that's a good time. Yeah. But what do you gain from the taina? No, I'm just talking in a theoretical sense. In a theoretical sense, yeah, there so is a good time. Yeah. Is, is, is the Abishter didn't put a. It's, it's not. It's, not, it's not a cakewalk. No, just and fear means that the Abishter guarantees you bechira chavshes at any moment in time. You have the ability to have bechira chavshes. That's what's called just and fear. Just and fear doesn't mean that it has to be easy for you to do it, and it has to be the easier way, the more pleasurable way. It means that you always have the ability to do what's right. So why didn't he, uh, we were born with, like, a, you know, equal to If it was exactly equal, who would choose evil? Then there wouldn't be Bechir HaChavshis, in a strange way. Oh, I see. Right? So the initial conditions have to be that the, that the Nefesh Bahamis has to be somewhat stronger over them. Correct. In order to have Bechir HaChavshis. Correct. Correct. Now, now and now we're going to move on to a more common people. Vyash, me... Then there are the people who um is the first words in the line. Let's run a third of the way up from the bottom of the page, maybe a little more. Yeah, okay. There are some people 
The other, the <laughs> low, lower levels of Rishayim are those who the evil is misgaber more often. In other words, not just in an infrequent way. Not only one at a time, but it can be machshav v'dibur and ma'isa, all of them at the same time. Makes the person do, do even worse averus. Will be eaten kreivim yeser more frequently. Ah, however, bintayim in between mischarit. The person has regret. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's only an imbalance. An imbalance means, by definition, that the nefshal kiss is still there, is still present, is still felt, and therefore, yes. Over here, the imbalance is much greater than the individual we discussed earlier. But because the nefshalakis is still present, therefore, it expresses itself and it feels bad over the Avedis that he's done. This person has thoughts of tshuva. From the goodness, which is within the nefshalakis. That strengthens itself somewhat in between the person's lapses. Ella, however, by this person, the Nafshalakis cannot strength, doesn't have the power to overcome the evil Lifresh Mechatov Lagamri to really leave behind the Avedis to actually confess and to abandon. In other words, this is very different than before. The person we were talking about earlier, if you notice the words he uses, the person is a real tshuva, and he commits not to do it again, and he doesn't do it again. Maybe he'll slip in something else a few months later, or maybe even this itself, but at the moment, he's really in a place, when he does tshuva, we're talking about the highest level of the, of the, of the imperfect rasha, it's a real tshuva. This person, he doesn't use those words. He talks about hirhuri tshuva. We're all very familiar with that. It's not a real tshuva. It's a hurry tshuva. I did something and I feel bad. I'm still going to do it tomorrow and the next day, but I feel bad. So on the one hand, it's not real tshuva. But on the other hand, what Dr. Rebbe is saying over here is, where do those thoughts come from? They do come from the nefeshalakis. They do come from a good place and from a holy place. And they do have an impact somewhat. Regarding this, Chazal tell us, Spartan Rishas Chachma on the name of Sefer Chasidim. It's an interesting line. Rishoy Malayim Charatas. Is there an analog to that? The English, English proverb in this? Rishoy Malayim Charatas. Evil people are filled with regrets. And you could look at that uh, either way. You could look at it and say, uh, you know, so, what? They didn't do it enough. It's worthless. Yeah, all evil people are full of regrets. Or you could say, even the evil person. There's still the neshama is still beating inside, and therefore, no matter how many bad things that person does, there's still always the charata, there's the regret. So it's, uh, this is like the glass half empty or half full, and you can choose how you want to view that. Why we said in Yom Kippur, Kol HaOmer Yachta V'Ashuv, Yachta V'Ashuv? Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur? No. He has charata, Yachta V'Ashuv. Yachta V'Ashuv, Yachta V'Ashuv. Yachta V'Ashuv means that you're standing by an Avera, and you have the self-control to overcome and not do the Avera, but you tell yourself, why should I control myself and do the, and not do the Avera? I may as well indulge and enjoy myself, and I'll do tshuva afterwards. So then we say, then doing tshuva is going to be almost impossible. You're going to have to work very hard to do tshuva on that. Abishter is not going to help you do tshuva for that. But uh, otherwise, it's not a person who doesn't have Aveda because he's weak. 
not, it's not pshat that he's strong, and he really could have abstained, but the only reason, in other words, Echtavashra means the reason why I'm doing the Aveira is because I know I'm going to do Tshuva afterwards. That doesn't apply to most people. Most people, when you do an Aveira, it's because you're weak. So you're doing the Aveira. It's not because you're doing it because the Cheshmer, you're going to make Tshuva afterwards. Do Tshuva. Shehem Reiv HaRashoim Most Rashoim Sheyesh Pechines Toiv Benafshem Adayin That still have good, they're full of Kharata. So, but we, if you notice, what we discussed over here was two extremes. And these are both the imperfect Rashoim. The first person we discussed, uh, you might, as you might have realized, is a holy person. In other words, by our standards, we're calling him a Rasha Vatayvlay. But this is a person who's, who's right. If I would describe to you, I tell you here, I have a shidduch for your daughter, and he's a person who's nizar in uh, all Torah mitzvahs, and he's learning Torah all the time and doing all the mitzvahs. And once every few months, he's nichshal in a small little thing, either in machshava or in dibur or in ma'isa. But then immediately he does a proper tshuva. Who isn't running for that shidduch? Halavai, halavai. All of us should be on that madrega. So that was one extreme, the highest level, as we would say, a notch below benini was the highest level of the rush of the And from there, the Alter Rebbe went to the lowest level. The, here we're talking about a person who does big averus and he does them frequently. Machshava Dibur and Maisa, and between them he has regrets, but they're not substantial regrets. We're not talking about a regret which really has an impact on the person's life and causes him in any way to change his way. But what these two people both have in common is the imbalance. Now, the question is I'll get to you in a second. How big is the imbalance? The first person we mentioned, the imbalance is very slight. Very slight. The next person we mentioned, the imbalance is huge. But at the end of the day, what they share in common, and that's why I said earlier, 99% of people are in this category of Rashi Vatoyvlai, because most of us have this imbalance. In other words, there's a certain, in a certain way, the Nefshah Bahamas is more powerful, which causes us to trip up and do things that are wrong. Again, the question is, how often and of what nature are those trip-ups? Yes? You said that the, when the habitual Balavera does tshuva, he has harata, it's from the Nefeshel Akis that he does tshuva. Could it be that it's it, it, it doesn't say he does tshuva? I just want to note. All right, he has. Here, There's a difference. Could There's a difference. Could it be that it's from the from the um, Nefeshel Bahamas that it bothers? He doesn't since the Nefeshel Bahamas is self-oriented. He doesn't want to have regret. So it bothers. It's not l'shem shemayim. He he does the hiruri tshuva because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that that uh, regret and. Um, or embarrassment, or for you know, because it, it takes away from his kavod. But it's not that it's really. Um, but if you could get away with, even it, if you can argue that that's true some of the time, but again, for the average person, the nefesh alakis expresses itself with regret. I, now you, now you want a question? Say what, what I'm saying, uh, or is that he, just my idea? There, the the Baal Tanya doesn't discuss it in Tanya, and other places discuss this idea that the nefesh of Hamas can also sometimes. Be tricky and come across, and you know, and have. Sometimes it's difficult to identify which one's which. But the premise of the Alter Rebbe, the basic premise, the idea is that most people, most most Rishayim, then it's simply an imbalance. An imbalance. <laughs> so on the one hand, it's not good that there's this imbalance because that means the Nefshah Bahamas has the advantage. But an imbalance also implies that Nefshah Lakis is there, and therefore it does express itself. 
Uh, every, is every regret from the Afshal case? That's another question that uh, can be discussed, but it doesn't impact what we're saying here. Yes? What's the Bainani inflection point? Sorry? When is the Bainani inflection point? It seems that... I'm sorry, I, I don't know what inflection point means. Like, so when do you... So what's the baseline for the... Bain? No, 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 no. So, so following on with all the classes so far, I've been watching one okay. as well. But maybe I missed something. My assumption was that Rebanani is somebody who is always winning the fight. Right? Correct. Every single time you win the fight, you're not a Rebanani. Why don't we wait till next week? Because next week is where we really start discussing the Bainini. Till now, whenever we discuss the Bainini, has been, you know, I have to mention them for the sake of context. The first word of next period, if you turn the page, is Vahabainini. I mean, that's the next next chapter 12 is analyzes and dissects the Bainini from every which side. So I think we can hold on to that. You have to be here next week. Of course. Or you YouTube. See, and then he asks, what, he says, you know, I want to come, I don't want to watch it on YouTube, I want to come, because then I get to ask a question. <laughs> he asks a question, I deflect him anyway, he says, may as well watch it on YouTube, right? <laughs> YouTube. It's actually funny, I, I, of course. It's a challenge, I was like, next time I'm able to come, I'm going to try to ask a question that he's actually going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Okay. And now we're going to come to the saddest possibility, and that is the Rasha Gamar. The Rasha Gamar is the opposite, as you mentioned, of the Tzadik Gamar. The Tzadik Gamar is the one who has eradicated all evil, the Nefshah Bahamas, from within his midst. It doesn't occupy any space anymore. It's completely been eradicated. And the Rasha Gamar is someone who has accomplished almost the same. The Rasha Gamar is someone who the Nefesh Alekis, he has lost connection with it completely. It's not part of his psyche, it's not part of his consciousness, of his awareness, and let's do inside. Ah, however, someone who never has charata. I hope that none of us know such people. And the truth is, we wouldn't know if we knew such a person or not, because this is something which is just like, when you see a tzaddik, you don't know what level of tzaddik he is. There's really no way for a, an outside person to know whether a person has charat or not. Yes? I, I think when you meet a tzaddik, you feel it. When you meet a Russia, you're going to feel it too. Don't you think so? Yeah, but... You can feel that, that this person has an evil atmosphere surrounding him. You can feel whatever the vibrations is. I, it's a difficult question to answer. He has no conscience. <laughs> Russian government has no conscience. Has no conscience, right. No conscience. Never regrets. Never experiences any Hiruri Tshuva. This is a All that's left is the Raj, the evil. It is so overpowered the goodness. To the point, but here's the difference: the tzaddik gomer has transformed the nefesh Bahamas to goodness. You can't transform the nefesh lekis to, to evil. You can't uh, you can't transform godliness into evil. What you can do is you can you can chase it away, you can expel it, but you can't actually impact it, transform it. Right. So, to the point 
that it has left. And it, um, it transcends the person. Makif means it surrounds the person. Is what does that, that mean? He's not inside you. He's out of you. Yeah, but but what does that mean? It's not inside of you. It's outside of you. You have to understand. We're not talking. When the shama is a spiritual entity, so it's not uh, limited spatially. So you can't say the neshama is here or not there. That's that's uh, only three-dimensional objects are in one place and not another. It's like saying where's two plus two is is four. A neshama is your life force. So what does it mean that it has left you? That means in a spiritual sense, it it. Um, it doesn't have any impact on you any further. In other words, you've cut your ties. I'll give you an example. Talk about makif. Um, if I were to talk, give my class next week in ancient Greek, so everyone here could listen, and you'd hear the words just like you'd hear the right. But not connected. It didn't penetrate. It went over your heads. Right? Or if a nuclear physicist came and gave a lesson on his. It went over. What does that mean? Went over your heads. Does that mean physically went over your heads? No, you heard it. Every word was went aside, but you couldn't process it at all. So, makif is a term in chesedus, which means something which is dear, and present, and existent, but it's not being processed. It's not having an impact. It can't be assimilated by the by the mikabel. So, the rasha verale is the one who the neshama has no impact anymore. It's not being processed. It's not part of his seichel, his midas, the way his perception, the way he feels, but it's there. Because he's a yid. Whenever ten yidin are present, the shechina is there, and makes no, there is no exception to this rule. You can be, you can have a rasha gomer, and if he's the tenth for a minion, you still have a minion. How's that? Because in order to, because the the having ten, having the shechina, um, which allows us to say adavrasha bekdusha. The, the, the presence of the Shechina um, has to do with ten neshamas coming together. And there are ten neshamas here. Even someone is a Rosh Hashanah, the neshama is there also. Yes? Even in Kras Shalom, if that person is machal, complete Machal Shabbos? Half all. So you can still be considered for a million? You're, ask, they're, they're, you're asking a technical question. I'm not, I'm not a Rav, I'm not going to answer the technical question. Whether he can be counted for a minion. But the rule of akol when he's there, the shechina is there. It's possible that technically, for halachic reasons, he can't be counted. It is makif alav malmaila, and because it's makif, even though that it's not, it's not because it's makif. Therefore, and the akol on top. In other words, an even of makif. Therefore, even such a yikri mitznar of teminyanosa. There was a yid. You ever the person whose name was Achan. Times of Yeshua. It was more And it was he did a lot of various Anyim Kippur Mchalret as the Gemara talks about it. And um, from him we learn the Abishta said Chata Yisrael. Uh Chata Yisrael, that's referring to Achan. The idea that every year does an Ashama, regardless regardless of circumstance, and that definitely has Allahic applications also. Or even someone if he's Mekadash a woman, she's Mekudashas. If a guy is Mekadash a woman, she's not Mekudash. There's no, there's no, there's no Din and Kedushin over there. So absolutely. Now, so we finished Perik Yudalaf. I just want to make clear, in terms of, um, we've spoken about this many times, and we'll speak about it many times to come. It's very easy to say, Rosh Hashanah, 
It's the most awful, horrible person that there is. But I, we mentioned many times, we're all tzaddikim, we're all bainanim, we're all rishonim, depending on which part of our life we're talking about. And we're all Russia virales. We're all Russia gummers. Which area in your life, which area in my life, have we messed up so many times and it's not we don't consider it that important to the point that we don't even regret it anymore and that's something uh, is that a ridiculous question to ask you know what they say it says you do it twice not like a hatter if you do it a third time it's not like a mitzvah that's i didn't see yeah. that inside the song There are certain areas uh, in our life where we're all passionate about we're tzaddikim. You know, comes Purim, you see everyone's tzaddikim. Last week, uh, last week Thursday night. Really? It's such a beautiful Yom Tov Purim. Everyone's running to do mitzvahs. And excited about it. And excited about it. And Shalach Mandas, Matanas, and Megillah Sester, and so does Purim. It's partially beautiful to see. Partially looking in the streets and seeing uh, there you see the Va'amich Kum Tzaddikim, how Yidner all tzaddikim. We all know the Torah. Kolon also says there. Tzadikim, yeah. People with Kolon Chacham, Kolon Nevein, Kolon Yedin, Kolon Terekolo. Maybe it's a different nusach. Oh no, okay. That's a lawyer nusach. Okay, I'll tell you. There's this. Reminds me of a good joke. There's a rav gets up and parshes nitzavim. You know, from the modern, he doesn't know too much. He says that it says, you know, Atem Nitzavim Ayim Kulchem Lefnei Hashem Alekechem. And then the Pasuk lists, Rashechem, Sheftechem, Sheftechem, Zeknechem, Malkechem, Neshechem. So he says, Mela, everything, there's a lot of women, there's a lot of people, the Gatim, there's a lot of leaders, but Malkechem, there's only one king. What is Malkechem? It's a question, right? Someone in the back of the show lifts up his hand and says, it doesn't say Malkechem in the Pasuk. So the Rav thinks for a moment, says, now, that's a good answer, but I have another answer. <laughs> and he proceeds with his speech. Anyways. <clears throat> so, Akapanim, everything here, everything in Tanya is relevant to us and, uh, and the level where, where we are. And some areas were, not so again, some areas were tzaddikim, <clears throat> where we're passionate and excited about. Some areas were him. We struggle, but we do the right thing. And we know that we'll always do the right thing. It isn't, even, though we, even though we struggle, even though that um, perhaps, you know, we're not interested. You know, so for, for many of us, davening every morning, we're abandoning it. Davening and putting on film. We wake up in the morning, I don't want to daven, I don't want to put it. But we know we will. You know, it's, it's uh, again, I'm talking for, for many of us over here. In some areas, we're Rosh Hashanah. And in some areas, we're Rosh Hashanah. In some areas, unfortunately, um, we don't have any charat anymore. In that area, we've lost, we've lost our connection with our neshama to the point that it's... Um, so therefore, everything we're talking about really... Is something again? There's the person who's the paradigm of the Rasha Gomer. That obviously, the fact that you're here in this room proves by definition that you're not you're not that. Because uh, there's a Chassid in Kanaitz. If I bring a lot of older Chassid, and he says, "We come to we come to Shulan Slichas, and we say, don't take away your ruach." What do you mean? Maybe he took it away from us already. How do you know you have it? You're saying it. Uh, in, so he said, "If you're in Shul, you still have it." The fact that you're still saying sluchas, that means that you still have it. So there's no one here who's a Rosh Hashanah. I can say that with uh, relative um, 
assurance. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't take to our hearts and realize that maybe look at those areas because at the end of the day, if I have a charata on something, if I regret something, that means that my nefesh is still active in that area. If my nefesh is still, is still active in that area, that means that ultimately one day I can get my nefesh to also to be the stronger one in that area and become a bainini in that area and become a tzaddik in that area. But if, if, if it's empty, if there is no charata, then that's the biggest problem that there could be. The biggest problem is when there is no charata, and that's something to examine ourselves and those areas in our life and maybe start working on those areas in our life to make sure that at least a rasha gummer that we should never be in any area of our life.